Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. For this week's episode, I am going to dive into my personal favorite subject in art history, relics and reliquaries. To showcase this unique aspect of art history, I'm going to talk about the reliquary of St. Foix. Not only is it a beautiful object in its own right, but it represents the power of pilgrimage and faith in early medieval Europe. The reliquary of St. Foix dates from around the 9th century CE. She stands at about 2 feet 9 inches tall, or just under a meter. In a crazy plot twist, St. Foix is actually made up of two completely different parts. Her body is made of a wooden core covered in gold leaf, silver leaf, and jewels, but her head is made up of a different kind of gold than attached to the body. You might notice that her face seems a bit masculine. That's because it is likely a piece of spolia, or something that was reused in a new piece. Guesses range from a head of a Roman emperor to a piece of the statue of Charlemagne. Inside the body of St. Foix is a small piece of the martyr's skull. This is what makes the object holy. The small piece of bone connects it to the divine. People would travel from all around to come pray to St. Foix and ask for her intercession. When their prayers were answered, they would often donate jewels in thanks. This is how the reliquary became so brilliantly decorated. As one art historian put it, it's a dynamic work, always changing and shifting. After seeing this beautiful reliquary, you might be asking, who is St. Foix and why is she so special? Well, to put it simply, St. Foix, or faith in English, is one of the most famous saints in the Catholic Church, especially during medieval times. According to her hagiography, St. Foix was a young girl, around age 12 to 13, living in Roman-occupied Gaul, modern-day France. During this time, the late 3rd to early 4th centuries, Christianity was still illegal, but that did not stop St. Foix. She actively practiced her faith. When the Roman authorities found out, they told her she must sacrifice to the pagan gods or face death. St. Foix, despite her youth, bravely chose martyrdom on a red-hot brazier. After her death, miracles began to be associated with St. Foix. Many of them are slightly comical. For example, a man promised to donate a beautiful ring to St. Foix if she helped him find a new wife. However, he ended up using the ring to wed his new bride. St. Foix was jealous and caused the wife's finger to swell. When she ran to the church to seek help, the ring popped off and bounced towards the reliquary. St. Foix is also associated with healing eye afflictions. Today, she is still a popular saint. In fact, there are many towns named after her, including Santa Fe, New Mexico. The home church for St. Foix and her reliquary is located in Quanc, France. The first church was built around the 8th century, but was knocked down a few centuries later. This is because Quanc lies on one of the most important pilgrimage routes in Western Europe the road to Santiago de Compostela. The monks that lived in the attached monastery knew that this was an opportunity to not only bring more worshipers to their church, but to also help the town itself to become prosperous. But in order to make the church worth visiting, they needed a relic. But the monks had a plan for this. The reliquary of St. Fa was originally located in Agen, not too far from Conk. So one of the monks went to the monastic community and integrated himself. Once he was trusted, this monk snuck into the church in the middle of the night, snatched St. Foix and her reliquary, and ran for it. 
Although today we would probably call this act a felony, it was common occurrence in the medieval period. However, Christians preferred the term miraculous transfer. In order to honor St. Foy, a new church was built. It is a fairly standard Romanesque style church. It has the same long basilica form of early Christian buildings, but with a cross piece added to make it look like a crucifix. Not only was this symbolic, but it helped to provide ample room for the multitudes of pilgrims that would come to the church to seek intercession from St. Foy. The interior and the majority of the exterior are rather plain, especially in comparison to later Gothic churches. The only decoration is a tympanum at the entrance of the church showing the Last Judgment. This was to keep the focus on St. Foy and her reliquary. Next up, we are going to talk about religion in early medieval Europe, but first, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, now that we're back, let's take a look at early medieval Christianity. At this time, there were five major centers, all claiming descent from Jesus' apostles. They were Rome, Jerusalem, Antioch, Constantinople, and Alexandria. Having so many centers caused a lot of friction between the cities. Each believed that they were the best and most important. Eventually, this led to a schism in 1074 between the East and the West. The western half of the Roman Empire fell to Germanic tribes in 476 CE. For many historians, this is the end of antiquity and the beginning of the Middle Ages. This led to many other tribes conquering former Roman territories, including Gaul. The Franks, another tribe from Germany, came there in the 5th century and installed themselves as rulers. About a hundred years after that, King Clovis I, king of the Franks, converted to Christianity. This led to the entire kingdom becoming Christian as well. In the 8th and 9th centuries, Western Europe went through a rebirth period. Now known as the Carolingian Renaissance, this period was characterized by artistic, political, and religious growth. It was mainly due to the actions of one man, Charlemagne. He was the king of the Franks who led military campaigns across France, Germany, and Italy, uniting people under Christianity. Charlemagne vowed to be the protector of the church. In recognition of this promise, Pope Leo III crowned him Holy Roman Emperor on Christmas Day 800. This was a declaration that Christianity had truly become the religion of the realm, uniting church and state. One of the most important parts of early medieval Christianity was pilgrimage. If you aren't familiar with that term, it essentially means a journey undertaken to visit and worship at a holy site. They aren't an exclusive aspect of Christianity. There's evidence that this was practiced by ancient Greeks and Romans. In addition, pilgrimage is an important tenet of the world's major religions today, Judaism, Buddhism, Hinduism, and Islam. As stories and miracles associated with the saints grew in popularity, so did pilgrimage churches and routes. People longed for a connection to the divine, and this experience provided them a way to do that. I think Pope Benedict XVI put it best when he wrote this. 
To go on pilgrimage is not simply to visit a place to admire its treasure of nature, art, or history. To go on pilgrimage really means to step out of ourselves in order to encounter God where he has revealed himself, where his grace has shone with particular splendor and produced rich fruits of conversion and holiness among those who believe. Above all, Christians go on pilgrimage to the Holy Land, to places associated with the Lord's passion, death, and resurrection. They go to Rome, the city of the martyrdom of Peter and Paul, and also to Compostela, which, associated with the memory of St. James, has welcomed pilgrims from throughout the world who desire to strengthen their spirit with the Apostles' witness of faith and love. One of the most popular, if not the most popular, pilgrimages was to the town of Santiago de Compostela. Located in Spain, the site is believed to be the burial place of St. James, one of the apostles of Jesus. Not only was this important in of itself, but there was also another benefit of traveling here. Any pilgrim who completed the journey would receive an indulgence from the papacy. This was a way for someone to spend less time suffering in purgatory. Today, the pilgrimage routes of the city of Santiago de Compostela have been made UNESCO World Heritage Sites. This was done in recognition of its religious, historical, and economical importance. Another extremely important aspect of early medieval Christianity, as I discussed earlier, were relics. Besides body parts, relics could be things connected with a saint such as clothing or personal effects. The more relics a church had, the more power and prestige they would garner. This was because people would travel on pilgrimage from all over. It created religious tourism and therefore an economy. However, as with many things in life, there was a bit of a seedy underbelly in the world of relics. Due to their portable nature, relics were often used as bartering chips, both in good and bad context. If someone didn't get what they wanted, well, they would just steal it, as we discussed earlier with St. Foy. Sometimes, though, there simply weren't enough relics to go around, so people would make their own fakes. Protestant preacher John Knox once said that there are probably enough pieces of the true cross to make up Noah's Ark. The reliquary of St. Foy is not only a beautiful object, but represents an entire aspect of the Christian faith. She shows the lengths that people would go to in order to experience their beliefs and connect with the divine. Make sure to keep an eye out for next week's episode because I'm going to be discussing the Rotgen Pieta. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.